0: I need to motivate these other people because I need to motivate myself. Come on guys, we're down 17 miles, nine miles to go, we got this. And I kept on going every mile. I feel like I can talk to God, Hashem, uh, throughout uh, whenever I've needed to.
1: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. You know what it is. We're talking about fitness and faith on a regular basis. And if you missed last week's episode, I did a little shorter on uh, shorter one on Friday. I gave you a little recap of my last marathon. It was my uh, 25th time doing a 26.2 mile race in my 22nd state of kansas and i uh, talk about the wizard of oz symbolism and all that stuff people dressed up and got to enjoy some kansas city barbecue and um and speaking of wizards uh, my my guest for this week is a fan of the washington wizards and, and a bunch of teams up in maryland and dc that's where he's from but he lives in my neck of the woods now in a good old georgia the peach state where we have uh you know the good Combination of all the H's, the heat, humidity, the hills. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, Brian Greenberg is my guest this week. He works for a small beverage company in the Atlanta area uh, in the logistics and supply chain. But when he's not working or being a husband, being a dad to uh, two boys, ages twelve and eight and a half, it's very important, Matthew, that we get that happen there. Uh, but he lives in uh, Dunwoody, Georgia, which uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about why it's called Run Woody, not just Dunwoody. Um, and uh, he has you know some marathon goals still. We're gonna talk about how he. Wants to be Oprah Winfrey, which that's going to happen. And maybe in his uh, back where he's from in D.C. or Baltimore, we're going to talk about his motivation, his his Jewish upbringing and and the faith there, because we just had Passover, obviously, and he's got some bar mitzvahs coming up. And uh, again, grew up in Maryland, but has lived down here in the south for almost uh, two decades or maybe more than that now. And uh, he uh, was, um, you know, when he was back in his, I think, uh, 20s or 30s, he joined a boot camp, ended up being an instructor. We're going to talk about just different exercises other than running because I know that he puts out on his Twitter, Brian K. Greenberg, that's Brian with a Y, K. Greenberg with an E at the end, and he puts out some uh, calendars of like these plank challenges and uh, different things when it comes to crunches. So it motivates me to do some of that cross training, that strength training that we need to do as runners so very important uh, to talk about that and he's also been doing a half marathon every month for at least the last three years so without further ado my friend brian greenberg i thank you so much for being with us thank you jason i'm excited to be here tonight Absolutely, and and you know, I, um, you and I have met, come across each other a few times during these races, the Red Nose Marathon in Columbus, Georgia, a few times. I know you've ran that five times. We were there back in January and met up. And it's what's really cool about you. I want I want to talk about you know some faith stuff, some fitness stuff, and running and and uh, Georgia and planks and all that stuff, but. Uh, you are well known for your flashy outfits at these races. You wear, I don't know if it's silk, but it's like this uh, Maryland Terrapin outfit. And for those who maybe can't see or don't know what it is, it's, it's full of like red and yellow. It's, it's just very, um, very busy, I guess. <laughs> and you've got the socks and and, uh, and everything. You're just from head to toe dressed as a Maryland Terrapin. So tell me about uh, how you've been doing that for a long time. Do you get a lot of uh, attention for that? Yeah. Now, how
0: it started was, well, first off, it's the Maryland flag. So it's a wonderful, obnoxious, beautiful flag out there. And I love that flag and I'm proud of it. Every Marylander that's out there, you know, we're proud of our flag. Uh, It started years ago. I did the Michael J. Fox crazy socks race here at It wasn't Turner Field. It might have been Truist Park or SunTrust at that point. They said, come out with your craziest socks that you can have. I was like, I'm going to go online. I'm going to buy myself a pair of Maryland socks because there's nothing better than that. (laughs) I sent off the photos to all my family. And then my next birthday gift. Oh, look, hey, Brian's got a pair of Maryland shorts. Oh, Brian's got a shirt. And every birthday or you know, Hanukkah gift or whatever it's turned out to be. I have a full Maryland suit, whether it's my running gear or my um, personal gear. You'll see me on LinkedIn in my Maryland tie or, you know, at a Toastmasters speech competition, repping the whole Maryland flag. And it's honestly the greatest thing in the world, because, as you know, as runners, what's the most difficult thing? Trying to find yourself in those photos. (laughs) It's not difficult when you're standing head to toe in the Maryland flag. And. So my friends can find me before and after the race when we're trying to get home as quick as possible. Um, the photos after the races, I can find it pretty easy. And then, honestly, I motivate each and every person that I'm when we're running out there. I'm cheering them on and they come up to me and they say, hey, Brian or hey, Maryland flag guy. <laughs> thank you so much. And it just uh, it's been an awesome thing. I'll say it's probably been about five years that I've been doing the Maryland flag thing. If you go back on my Strava before that or LinkedIn or not LinkedIn, uh, Twitter or anything before that, you would probably see me just in like a little bit of Maryland gear, but the whole outfit is pretty much complete. And uh, thank you to route one apparel. And, yeah. Just to- <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's great. No. And, and and you're right. You know, it makes you stand out, but What I wanted to ask you about is, you know, um, running sometimes, you know, it can be real serious. Sometimes, you know, people and then running a marathon or a half marathon, whatever it is, can be hard. I mean, if you're out there for two hours, four hours, five hours, and, you know, um, it can be it's a difficult task for anyone. um, A lot of us amateurs. And so, you know, when you're out there, it seems like and as as, uh, several times I've come across your races that you're just having a blast. And you're just kind of taking people with you along the, the fun ride and um, that, that that's something that, you know, is attractive. People really want to just kind of take their mind off of the, the fact that I've got to run, you know, 20 more miles or 10 more miles. So for you, what does it mean to be able to be a part of that for not only yourself to kind of have a good time, but for other people and it just be, you know, kind of magnetic?
0: I'll go back to my first marathon. It was 2016, and it was the Publix race here in Atlanta. Um, there's a lot of empty pockets of throughout the 26 miles that you don't have a lot of fans cheering you on. And I'm sitting here, wait, we're at mile 16, 17, and there's no way cheering us on. I need to motivate these other people because I need to motivate myself. Come on, guys. We're down 17 miles, nine miles to go. We got this. And I kept on going every mile. Um, yeah, 20 miles, six to go. We've got this. Now, whenever I do any race, we do that as half marathons together. I'm cheering off, hey, one mile down, 12 to go. And everybody, most everybody is excited. <laughs> By me cheering them on, <laughs> you're my running buddies and my run family are a little upset at me. Come on, Brian, really? One down, twenty five to go. I don't want to hear that.
1: I don't want to yeah. about that. <laughs> um, and is it something that I mean? You know, I'm sure it takes a. I mean, you have to have a lot of energy, and you it has to be your personality in, in a way. But does that maybe you know you're you're kind of obviously constantly talking and cheering people on, you're almost like a pacer and but does that maybe give you energy too in terms of you know and you're getting to it's rewarding i'm sure it's very rewarding i mean i come on guys come on as i just did a
0: what did i run this past weekend a park run here in atlanta and you could see first place as they were coming back and i'm going out come on guys you're doing awesome there's nobody cheering anybody on at the end of the race they were like thank you that was awesome and Just gives me that extra joy, pride. Um, I know that I love it and I want it and I want to I have it to be able to share with these people. So that's what I get to do. And I may not be up in the front of the pack and it doesn't matter. I'm not at the back of the pack. I'm cheering on each and every one of those runners. I don't care who you are, whether I see you at the beginning of the race or at the end. I'm still pushing you on to finish. And I love it.
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely can tell when you're out there, you have a great time. And, and uh, you know, when, when people see you, I'm sure it's like, Oh man, the the Maryland flag guy is here. We're going to have, it's going to be a party in the middle of the pack or wherever he is, you know? So uh, that's awesome. And, you know, for you, you know, a lot of folks, I mean, you know, you and I are probably in the minority in terms of that we enjoy running. Um, and because uh, for me, you know, growing up playing basketball and, and tennis, running was, you know, my sports punishment. And so what is your motivation for running? Like, why do you enjoy it? What is the kind of overarching, like what do you want your, for yourself and for your family or other people to get out of it? Absolutely. Uh,
0: going into high school, freshman year, I was a short fat kid for the most part. Um, then geometry class with a bunch of uh tenth graders and you know, a few older kids and I wasn't doing so well at the very beginning. The co the teacher was also my um uh, was also the cross country coach. He said, Brian, why don't you stay after school and kind of uh we have a few of the kids on the cross country team that would love be able to help you tutor you said okay i'll show up stayed for a few classes and they said brian while you're here why don't you start running i mean we have seven members of the cross-country team that's all our varsity we don't have a jv team you can definitely run you'll be the best jv runner on our team (laughs) my dad had run cross-country in high school i wanted to have a good relationship with him i said you know what I'm going to build a relationship with my father through cross country. I'm going to build a relationship with my uh, geometry teacher. And it kind of triggered there. I stayed all four years as a JV runner, all four years. And it stayed inside my head. I wanted to run. I enjoyed it. Maybe I took some time off in my twenties, got back into it. I mean, I would do a few races here and there. And then right before 30, I think it was about 28 or so. I, a friend of mine and I were doing a weight loss competition before his wedding. It's like, Hey, let's try to get, um, lose some weight. One of my other friends says, Brian, we got this boot camp. Why don't you come on over try a month? I tried it a month. I got back really into running. Um, they ended up saying Brian, after two months, Forget you being a boot camper. You're a boot camp instructor. We need you to push these other people. Um, I love your energy and enthusiasm. Did that, again, part of my inspiration, trying to push other people to challenge themselves and to be better about everything. I, uh, a few of the other instructors said, Brian, we're starting to run, train for a half marathon. The Publix, it wasn't Publix, it was the ING um, half marathon 2007. Signed up for that. Then I signed up again in 2008. Yes, this is great. And until you and I ran Red Nose, that was my PR for a half marathon, the very first one in 2017. I did wow. 152 something. And then finally, I was like, I can never break 150. I can never break it. And then finally, doing Red Nose a few years ago, I was able to get that 149.58. But it doesn't matter. I broke that 150. <laughs> um uh, no but um honestly I have that as an inspiration and then I t- you talked about my two boys they're my inspiration I wanna make sure that they that first off I get to see them uh, grow up and have you know great lives I wanna be there I wanna um uh, inspire them over the last however many years my twelve year old and I have run seven five ks together my Um, eight-and-a-half-year-old. We've done three 5Ks together. And, I mean, it's just so much fun to be able to run with them, to be able to inspire them, make sure that even if running may not be their thing, but to be able to do it with me, it's going to help them out with their soccer. It's going to help them out with my ultimate – he plays ultimate frisbee. He plays tennis. He does other things. And I want them to know that running's not – an evil punishment, it's actually a fun thing that you get to do. And when they're older, maybe they'll really appreciate everything
1: that we've been able to do. Yeah. And now, the- is the, oh, yeah, that's, that's a great reason for sure. You know, to kind of be, you know, be there as their dad and spend time with them, but also like you said, motivate them. Hey, listen, I'm trying to be a healthier version of myself. And so 12 year old Benjamin, is he faster than you or is he on his way? Eight and a half year old, which I'm not going to
0: say this because we're on a recording or anything. Eight and a half year old is the one that's a little bit faster than both of us. Now, Ooh. Um, he he's, well, we'll see. Right now, um, he broke 30 minutes this year for his 5K. 12-year-olds, uh, 12, 12 he's, or Benjamin, right now, right at 30 minutes, so maybe a little bit. Uh, they're close, and it's just fun. We get out there and train. I think we just got a treadmill down here, and I'm pretty sure that the Ben he's been running on it a little bit. He's like, I've got to beat my eight and a half year old brother. Ooh, a competition! But I whatever they do, I mean, I love them both, and uh, there's no favorites. Whatever you know, I'm just excited to be able to run with them both.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, running five K's is one thing, but then some people take the step up to 10 K's and you've run this, this streak of running a half marathon, even either a real race or, or kind of on your own, you know, with friends or in your, you know, neighborhood or at a park. Um, So what kind of spawned this on? Was this something that you're going to continue and you just doing it because like you want to be consistent with it?
0: Okay. So I'm going to go back to that 2016 marathon that I ran. I, we had uh, Matthew at that point was less than two years old when I was training for it. It was my first marathon. I had said in high school, I'm going to run a marathon and I'm going to do it before 40. Uh, You know, this is in my mind. I sign up for the marathon. My wife's like, Brian, you realize we have a one plus year old kid Um, training. How are you going to be doing this? So I promised her I would just run once a week. Yeah, as you know, running a marathon, one long run a week is not what you need to be doing. <laughs> I finished the marathon and it's, yeah, I finished the marathon. Um, had issues, but we'll leave that for another day or another story. <laughs> I, Whenever I'm going to do my next marathon, I'm going to be fully prepared. I'm going to run and I'm going to be ready for it. Uh, pandemic hits 2020. And it's like, you know what, let me uh, Strava has these different challenges. Let's see. Hey, you get uh I get the 5k every month. I get the 10k every month. I don't get that half marathon. Why don't I try for it? So it was, and I'm going to start training for a marathon. So I first started doing the one marathon or half marathon every month because I want to build up my miles. Then 2021 was going to be my second full marathon, and it was a virtual one, but I said, you know what, I'm going to do two half marathons a month. I'm really going to build up my uh, miles before this one, because I don't want to have the issues that I had the last time. And it's just stayed. I I have to check off that half marathon a month just to get the silly badge that Strava has on there. It's <laughs> I, I injured myself this weekend because I had to go back out and finish the last couple miles. And instead of just saying, you know what? OK, it's one month that I didn't get the full half marathon done, but I went out there. I did it and I'm recouping right now and I will be fine
1: overall. Yeah, yeah. Injuries is, is kind of part of the game. So, uh, And uh, as I alluded to earlier, you, you, um, Oprah Winfrey, uh, many years ago, ran a marathon in 429. So this is still, I mean, you feel like that you're confident you will be Oprah sooner rather than later. Okay, yes and no.
0: Um, <laughs> first marathon, I was doing, um, like I said, I did one day of training a week for the... <laughs> Yeah, and I did get to 23 miles, but it was a, you know, run, walk, run. Like, we ran probably 18 miles, and then it was like, hey, Brian, let's um, hydrate. Let's uh, eat the goose or the blocks or whatever it was, nutrition at that point. And then the last few miles were run, walk, run, walk. I got through the 17 miles during the half marathon or during the full marathon, and I started to cramp up a little bit i start doing a little more electrolytes i get to mile 20 and i go to reach for a post and to stretch out as soon as i reach that post i cramp up fall down ground, and i'm in some pain person one of my friends uh what's uh fraz he's my chiropractor he's my buddy running buddy he's tracking me he sees me and he says hey brian And they give me a little salt packet, put it under my tongue. He stretches me out. Get up. I'm finishing this thing. We were at a 315. We are at 315 right there with the last 10K to go. I'm still going to, you know, I'm doing this. Run, jog to 23 miles, fall again. Uh, My friends, Katie and uh, Jody, they come back to visit me or like run me in the last few miles and I fell down. They give me a goo. First off, I don't like coffee and I don't like goo, but I take the coffee goo flavored and or I've never had actually coffee in my 46 years, but really yeah. You see how hyper I am. I don't <laughs> oh, really need coffee. coffee. No, it would probably counteract everything. I'd be asleep. Uh so I take it and I run walk, and I'm like, Brian, you're finishing this marathon. I don't care. I uh get to 26 miles right before we turn into Centennial Olympic Park. I see one of my friends over on the side. Uh, She's standing right there. I'm about to fall down. I grab onto this rail. This guy, I don't know who he is. My guardian angel, whomever, whatever. He sees that I had written Brian on my bib. says, come on, Brian. Let's come on. Let's go. He puts his arm around me. We walk, we walk, we walk. We get to the top of the hill. We're about 100 feet away from the finish line. And he says, go, Brian, go. And I've crossed the finish line. I had a few goals before the marathon. First to finish, second, five hours, third, break, o- beat Oprah. And then I went with the 415 pace group thinking that I was going to be close to that four hours. And if I went for it, I could go for it. 458, I crossed the finish line and I fall into the wheelchair. They wheel me into the um, tent and give me lots of fluids. But so I accomplished it. I finished my first marathon and I broke five hours. Yes. I had every intention on my second one. I had everything planned out. I had a perfect flat course. I was doing it right by the river here. And mile 18, 19. I had fluids every half marathon or every six miles and it wasn't enough. Um, I cramped up real bad again. I ended up walking five hours, 18 minutes. So two marathons done. I'm not complaining about that time. They're great. I finished them, but there's still things inside of me that want to beat Oprah to get that 429. I know when I'm training properly and everything. Part of my planks that we'll get into. I want to make sure my core, my whole body is ready for it. Uh and then my family has also said, Brian, it's going to be a while before you start training again for a marathon because you know the five hours that you're out there just training, four hours, five hours. On a Sunday, after you've gone to bed early on a Saturday, you've been not a party pooper or something like that. It's, uh, yeah, or if you do the run on Saturday, then you're a party pooper on Saturday night. Whatever it is, <laughs> it's just a kind of fun four months of hanging out with, you know, the family they don't
1: necessarily like me
0: in that. Yeah, time.
1: so well, it's, it's it's definitely a big journey. It it takes uh, it's the the time consuming part, like you said, is the training. You know, yeah. I
0: mean, the race is fine. They'll be there and support me and everything. It's just that time commitment for those few months before I will get there. Um, it may be a four or five years from now, whatever it is, and hopefully it is back up in Maryland as I'm repping the Maryland flag at the Marine Corps Marathon or the Baltimore Marathon, getting that beautiful crab medal back there. So,
1: yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. I I believe in you. I I think you can do it, and I think you will. And and uh, no rush. And and I mean, I think uh, you know, folks that are listening to the podcast understand whether they run one or run a hundred of them. That um, the marathon, you know, whether uh you know you've done a you know a bunch or 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 none it's a very humbling experience and and it's it's a lot like life i mean there's just you know ups and downs and and you got to put a lot of work in and and uh it's it's and it's you don't know what you don't know once you kind of you know and and so it's it's tough but you were talking earlier about kind of the overall fitness something that i need to work do a better job at strength training and doing that you know kind of getting that core fitness i used to do yoga more often Used to do kind of the the strength classes, the boot camps, and 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 uh, at gyms. But you um you post a lot on Twitter your um, the calendars with kind of a, a every day uh, either a plank and or a crunch challenge. So um, and this is sometimes the number of things you do or the the time you do it for like a minute or whatever it is. So I mean, what is that? Uh, is that something that's important to you that you feel like I mean, motivating others, but also for yourself to to try to um, you know do something other than just running.
0: Definitely. Uh, so a few years ago, I saw, let's see, I started doing the run chat group that's on uh, Twitter. It's a run family, run uh, community. And every Sunday they do these uh, questionnaires on Twitter at 8 PM. They'll, you answer these different questions and you get to meet all these different runners throughout the world. Joins it. And there's this one lady, Melinda Howard, and she kept on posting these plank challenges every day. I'm like, there's no chance I'm doing the planks that she's doing. And then I, you know, I would see it and then just kind of pass over it. And then all of a sudden, January of last year, 2022, I got a bad um, doctor's report after my after my marathon, I kind of fell off. I didn't have any motivation. And I started to gain a little bit of weight. And Ryan, I know you just ran your marathon a few months ago, but you're not in the best of shape right now. And I realized it. I said, you know what? I need to kick it in. I saw Melinda had a group of five of my friends from across the pond that were doing this plank challenge with her. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sign up and I'm going to start doing this because I need to get back into shape. It'll help me out with my core. And overall started with the 22nd planks and kept on working my way up. Then after a couple months, Melinda was like, well, her and I talked about it and I started incorporating other people that not just the people from across the pond, we had people from here in the States and it just started growing and growing. And so at the beginning of the month, she would have her challenge posted. Not everybody wanted to do a plank challenge. They wanted to do other challenges. So I would look up on the internet, hey, this is May's uh, different challenges. We're going to have the plank challenge that Melinda has, but then I'm going to look up other core exercises or other exercises that people want to do. And so I would post it. You can do one of the activities. You can do all of the activities. It's up to you. You can do your own thing. There's somebody that Eric um, Patrick, he just does. He walks every day and he gets to, he says, I've uh, posed all my circles or rings on my Apple watch. I'm happy. And it's perfect because we're motivating and encouraging each other. There's people that are doing different planks. Um, You know, it may say that it's only a 22nd plank today people are doing a minute, whatever they want to do. It's up to them. We just encourage each other. I'm not going to push anybody to do anything they don't want to do. I want to make sure they talk to their doctors to make sure that, you know, it's right for them. I'm not uh, trying to push them to do anything that's that they can't do. But I also believe that they can do things that they didn't believe they could do. I just did a five-minute plank this morning. And a few years ago, if you had talked to me about this, Yeah, right. Five minute plank. Um, So I believe that most anything is possible. And again, I want to inspire others and motivate. And I love the group that we've um, incorporated. And today, I, I don't know, it might be about 50 different people throughout the world that are part of this challenge. And they change month to month. But I if anybody's interested and wants me to tag them on Twitter, send me a message and I'll add you to the group challenge.
1: So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I see it all the time. And it's, it's great. Uh, like you said, motivate people just to get moving, stay active, no matter what age, no matter what level you're at. And as a 46 year old guy, do you find, you know, doing these planks and crunches on and off for the last uh, year plus, I mean, do you, can you feel the difference that in terms of your your strength and your ability to do these things that, like you said, you didn't think you could do before. Definitely. I had my,
0: where was it? Uh, About six months ago, I had a follow-up visit with my doctor. Man, Brian, what happened to you? Uh, I was on the right track. Uh, Over the year, I ended up dropping the 30 pounds. Um, I had gained 20 plus pounds, and now I'm down 30 plus pounds from where so I'm down below where I was to start, and I'm still trying to get healthier and stronger and better. I'm also noticing my running times are getting a lot faster, ah. which I'm enjoying that as well. It's a little reward. I mean, the knees aren't having to have all that extra weight as I'm running, on <laughs> all the pounding that they're taking. And I'm definitely feeling faster, stronger, and I'm not exactly to my high school times or anything yet, but I'm definitely getting a lot faster and getting closer to what I like. I still have goals of breaking my 613 high school mile time. And I've been about 626, 625, 626. So I'm getting there. I know 13 or I know 17 year old Brian, you better watch out. I'm coming for you. Uh <laughs> my 5k's i don't know if i'm going to break 20 minutes but i did get under a 22 minute 5k within the last few years uh what else my half marathon you heard i broke my 150 if i if i could be consistently sub two hours i'm going to be happy with that and my marathon you
1: know i'm going to get oprah at some point (laughs) (laughs) well i mean and, and like you said that's proof alone at least from your vantage point that at least core training works and it's it uh you know it helps um just i mean even just a little bit a day even like you said doing a five-minute plank or doing some of those crunches and and kind of getting your body moving it's because it makes you more flexible it makes you a, a faster runner some people don't make that connection but it definitely does and and we talk you know brian on this podcast uh, on a regular basis about not only being physically fit um but you know emotionally and spiritually as well i, I mean i think as as a whole there's there's so many parts of our lives that connect to the others you know the physical can make the spiritual better and the spiritual can make the emotional better all kinds of things and I know we just recently you know we had um Passover and um so you you are Jewish tell me about the traditions for you and your family is this something that you've grown up um you know uh, uh, practicing um, in the religion on, on a regular basis
0: definitely yeah I had my bar mitzvah when I was 13. I, I started when I was eight days old and I had my bris, uh the moil yeah Uh, A little snip, snip, and we're good to go. And I always knew that I wanted to marry a Jewish girl and that I would um, have Jewish boys or Jewish kids. I just, um, in the Jewish faith, if the mother's Jewish, the kids are Jewish. And then, so it was something that was always important to me. I didn't necessarily date too many Jewish kids or girls because there wasn't a lot in my, where I grew up and then where I went to college but I knew in the back of my mind that this was something that was very important to me. Um, like I said, I had my bar mitzvah when I was 13. It's when you become a man in the eyes of God. Um, I yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, honestly a man at that age. Maybe I did have a little Manischewitz wine or something, but not <laughs> uh, <laughs> drink it all the time or any of that, but it was very important to me. And so when I started dating my uh, now wife, i I saw her as the uh, the mother, the Jewish mother that I wanted for my kids, and also the Jewish wife that I wanted for myself. It was this. Uh, this is
1: uh, this is Lauren who puts up with uh, your running and planking and everything.
0: right? <laughs> that same Lauren. The same Lauren. Yes. And we've uh, this year's. 21 years we've been together, and this uh, June uh, 24th, we will be 16 years married. So, uh, we've had a good run. It's uh, we're, yeah. Yeah, speaking of runs, uh, <laughs> and um, we have two boys, okay. Well, uh, so, Benjamin, like I said, is 12, he's going to have his bar mitzvah next March where he becomes a man, okay. And then Matthew, eight and a half, they both go to Hebrew school, they both go, um. Uh, and we go to synagogue regularly the cool thing about ben's bar mitzvah his torah portion is the same torah portion that i did um in 1990 and then it's also the same torah portion that both my sister the year later did and my grandfather did uh, he's 94 so 91 years ago um or will be 92 years after um my grandfather did it, it'll be the same one that my son is doing. And I think it's pretty cool that um, it's always the week before Passover. So when you were talking about Passover, it kind of struck in my head. Uh And yeah, I mean, you lead the service, you're in front of the congregation, you're reading in Hebrew, you're also um, talking to the um, your congregation, showing them what the portion means, what it means to you in particular, because you could read into it a different way than the rabbi is reading into it. Uh you get to talk about your mitzvah project, different things that you've done over the past year. A mitzvah is a good deed. And we what we're doing with Ben is going to be a different mitzvah each month. Uh, instead of just one big project, we're doing different ones because we we've wanted to, to inspire our kids besides the running besides the school to help each help out our fellow man or uh, person uh, you we're all on this earth together we're all brothers and we should all be able to help and assist each other wherever we can and uh, it's very important to us so
1: yeah yeah how how and uh, how important or why is faith such a uh part of your life and your and your kids and you know you talked about the history and and I kind of passing this down generation to generation and how it was important to you to have a Jewish wife. But for you, like on a regular basis, you know, where do you uh, what do you draw from your faith?
0: Going to my grandparents as a kid. I mean, I'm we would go for each and every one of the holidays. It's my grandparents have been married for 70 plus years. And I um, let's see. Yeah, their anniversary is the day after ours. And so I'm trying to explain it that in the best words, I've just, I wanna have that same relationship that my grandparents have. Um, I've, I've always felt a spiritual connection when I go to synagogue at a young age or all the way up to now, today, I feel when I feel at home when I walk into the synagogue. I do have a brother that is 13 years old and he just had his bar mitzvah April 1st, one month ago today. And wow, so yeah, it was really cool. We all did it down in uh, Sarasota, Florida to be with my grandparents. And so it'll be a year later that my son will have his bar mitzvah as well, which, I've, yes, um, just the Jewish faith. It's been very important to me growing up and Throughout my different life, I, uh, I I feel like I can talk to God, Hashem uh, throughout uh, whenever I've needed to and just to talk about anything that's going on in my life. I also do talk to God when I'm on a run, like, yeah, it's a nice, uh, I get to clear my head. I get to if anything is upsetting me with work or family or X, Y, Z. I get to go out and clear my mind on that run. And I get to say, you know, talk about it and say, let's get back to life after and get into it and knock out or take care of whatever issues there were, but I get to clear my head and not be upset anymore. You know, I get to focus in on what I was potentially doing wrong or how to talk to Lauren, how to talk to work, how to focus in on, the best way that i can handle a situation so yeah uh, yeah i hope that
1: yeah i um i uh i had a chance about a decade ago just a really unique opportunity to go to israel and uh, i went with a group of pastors and just to kind of learn about the jewish faith and walk where jesus walked and just to see uh the wailing wall and uh experience shabbat and go to uh um, you know the, the the mountains there, and see just you know there's there's areas that are dangerous and areas that are more touristy and like Jerusalem. And I remember I saw you post, I think on Twitter, and this might have been about Passover next year in Jerusalem. And I we remember our our tour guide saying that. He said we were singing songs like Shabbat Shalom Shabbat. Sh- So uh, so, you know, those kind of things. And and just you learn about, you know, just there are certain things about Shabbat that are can be very strict, you know, certain things that are allowed or not allowed. And uh, just really interesting to see the the different things about the Jewish faith, because I think we can all, you know, we may, you know, um, believe different things in, in different religions. But I think we can all respect each other and if we can all like you said, we're brothers and sisters and we need to take care of each other. And we don't all have to agree totally. Um, but I think that we can like say, Oh, Hey, listen, you know, I love you and you know, no matter what. And, um, and, and I think, like you said, I think that running and kind of getting the opportunity to talk to God, talk to other people is kind of like an equalizer. I mean, we don't, you know, none of us are going to win the Boston marathon or, or, or win the red nose half marathon, you I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but but we at least we get out there and, and have a good time and, and have that shared experience, right? Absolutely,
0: and yeah, okay. So our Sabbath would be Friday night sundown till uh, Saturday night sundown. Right. And I I'm not Orthodox by any means. Uh, you'll see me eating Mar- uh, crabs. I'm maybe a Maryland kosher um, where we act like crabs are kosher. Where. <laughs> <laughs> it is it, they're not necessarily you probably won't see me eating pork but that's okay uh now and but you will see me running races on Saturdays yeah and, and did I drive there yes um where that would be something that an Orthodox uh Jewish person would not be doing they would be in Temple I'm more we I've gone to a conservative synagogue most of my life my I would probably be more reform if anything and there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I, again, we all respect each other for different things, uh, who we are. Um, as long as we're believing in something, I believe that that's the best thing. Uh, just because if I'm not believing in something, then what's to say that I'm not going to do something that is not, or is harmful to somebody else. And, uh, and I, as long as I believe that there's some reason why I should not be doing anything. And I mean, I want to be able to help out my fellow man and have that greater purpose in life. I think, I think we're all doing a good job with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Doing, doing our best. And you, you talked about eating crabs and, and, um, and, and so you, I know that you, you wear the Maryland flag proudly and all the races and you love Maryland, the DC area and, and I, I have a feeling Marine Corps is calling your name Baltimore Marathon. But um, you know, now you've been down here in good old Georgia for the last couple of decades. You know, we got our uh what's the it's the hot, hotter, and hottest of our seasons uh, down here. Um so and you're in uh, Dunwoody. So as it all is it do do you are you and other people call it run woody? Is that right? Or
0: um so a few years ago I had um a group of runners that we were called. We had one group name and it, it was a Jewish group that we had or the Jew crew or whatever it was. Then we incorporated a few other people and I was like, not everybody's Jewish on here. Let's see. Well, we're in Runwoody or we're in Dunwoody and we're all running. So whenever you would have to create a team name for a race or a challenge, you know, hey, let's have a group. I was like, let's do the Runwoody Bunch instead of the Brady Bunch. We're the Woody Bunch. And. It's just a fun way to um, do it. And honestly, if you ever come up here to Dunwoody, you'll see people running at all times uh, throughout the city. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, and our, our mutual friend, you were on his podcast last spring. Uh, Diz runs radio, Denny Cray, who's a running coach, and we we both know him and listen to his podcast. Um, so he recently moved from Florida to Georgia. So we got to get we got to get everybody together, have a little little Georgia reunion, and maybe you know we can race or something and see what you know what happens. Peachtree uh, <laughs> Road Race is coming up July Fourth. Yes, and I was going to ask you about that because I, that you, know, you told me that was your favorite race. <laughs> Yes. So it's uh it's it'll be you and I and 60,000 of our of our friends, strangers. Um, I've actually never run it before. So I have a friend of mine, a youth pastor here in town who's um, getting back into running. And uh, so I decided to sign up for it. And um, so, yeah, so I've I've been to a few marathons where we've had 20 to 25,000 people, Disney World. Houston, um, Marine Corps is a pretty big one as well. But I mean, this is a whole different animal. I mean, like, so what What should I be ready for here? I mean, it's a lot of people. Are you gonna, I mean, do I, should I be afraid of being trampled or do I have to do some zigzags or? First off,
0: get a good um, qualifying time to get in a corral um, early on. So a, first off, you can beat the heat as much as you can. July 4th here in Atlanta, the heat, the hills, the humidity, it's disgusting. Uh, But if you can get out there in one of the first few, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, something to that effect, you should be okay. There's, what, about 2,500 people in each corral, I believe. I mean, they're large corrals, but yeah. Um, When you, there's just nothing like it. I mean, we don't have a parade here in Atlanta for the 4th of July. To me, 60,000 people starting in Buckhead and ending at Piedmont Park down in, uh, on Peachtree Road. It's the, and that's a huge parade. You have people lined up from the beginning of the race all the way to Piedmont Park cheering you on, whether you're there to run it, walk it, jog it, drink a beer at every mile or a, um, what else do they have? There's the church that is spraying people with, uh, I, I don't want to mess. It was holy water. I believe there's a priests that are actually um, yeah, and there's uh, I know the fish is one of the radio stations along the route that's to play music. There's different music um, like DJs throughout the different course. It's honestly, there's nothing like it. The atmosphere, the experience, the party. Uh, I love going to a Jimmy Buffett concert. So to me, this is like that experience. You're there in the summertime. There's people with Lays on. There's people all decked out in their USA flag or the Maryland flag in my case. I up- <laughs> yeah. it, it's just a fun atmosphere. And I, I, mean, I really look forward to seeing you there. And when you're finished and you're celebrating in Piedmont Park with everybody, you get that shirt you walk around the rest of the day wearing that shirt and everybody knows you are one of those
1: 60,000 runners that have done this. And it's just really cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to checking it off my bucket list. I'm, I'm trying to do all the States for the marathon, but this is definitely one I wanted to try to do it. And now, you know, living in Georgia the last you know 20 years or so, I mean, have you discovered the advantages or disadvantages of the heat and the Hills that sometimes you have to face, Versus what you had, some maybe some snow and cooler weather in Maryland? Okay, so
0: I yes, I wear the Maryland flag, but I also keep a sweater on at all times. I'm a furry guy or so. <laughs> uh, the heat, the humidity is not as friendly to a Sasquatch or a hairy guy like myself. But losing the weights actually helped out a little bit. Um, I went to school where we would... We were in the mountains of Western Maryland. We would get snow from October through May. And I did run a little bit there. So the hill training was always um, instilled in my head. Cross country. How do I? They, we had this one course called uh, or at Annapolis High School, and it had Kill Hill. And it was this part of the course that you would go straight down and then straight up. My dad always told me, Brian. Whenever you're on a hill, that's when you blow by your opponent. That that mean you make sure that he, you demoralize him. You get through, get it in his head that he's not catching you. I told you I was JV, but I was still competitive, and so a lot of the kids in JV, while we would run, they would walk in the woods because their parents couldn't see them. I didn't care. I was still going that nice. I was going at my pace, and then when they would walk up that hill. I would blow by them. They would try to catch me outside, but they couldn't. I blew by them and I, I I enjoyed it. So I've always loved hills and my friends here think I'm crazy, but I really do like hill training. And so whenever we, I see a big hill in front of me, I'm like, let's go, go, let's go, baby. And again, I'm trying to motivate and inspire. You just put one foot in front of each other and you finish that race and, or you finish the hill tackle the next one. No hill's going to stop me. Um there's no challenge I don't think that could hold me down. I you know, I'm going to accomplish whatever I can because of these things. And I don't know why I'm going spirit <laughs> or uh yeah with this, but seriously, if you put any obstacle in front of me, I'm going to accomplish it and
1: um uh, yeah. yeah. Enjoy well, it. well that's that's well said, I mean cuz like life is a series of hills valleys hills mountaintops i mean like and so you don't know sometimes how long that valley is going to last how long that mountaintop is going to last and so you just kind of like enjoy the ride and like be happy with where you're at and that things you things will always get better things will always get worse and just know that like the the only thing that's consistent is change right you know it's it's uh and just be ready for that and i think you know running helps us understand that i think in and, and and it gives us a different perspective on on uh that life is a series of these you know kind of ups and downs and fast and slow and and uh just uh kind of hold on right absolutely absolutely well thank you so much uh brian greenberg for uh for joining us we appreciate all your time and let you get back to your uh to your family and uh and, uh, and, and recuperating from your injury because you got to get ready for the, uh, the pre- Peachtree Road Race in about uh, a couple months. So uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you at Red Nose or Peachtree or somewhere, some of these races along the way. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Jason. Appreciate it. So great to talk to Brian, you know, uh, you, you, may not have been able to see the video, uh, while listening to this audio podcast, but, uh, Brian just gets tons of energy as he's talking to me and and nodding and getting so excited as we talk about things uh, related to uh, fitness and religion. And and uh, so hope you get a chance to uh, be alongside the Maryland flag uh, that he is wearing uh, on, on a future race, whether it be a 5K, half marathon, or a marathon as he, uh, again, tries to shoot for those challenges to beat Oprah. And he's continuing to do those plank challenges, too. I've been doing those uh, since uh, January of last year only missed a, a couple of those days and uh, it's really helped him overall you know not only physically but emotionally as well be stronger as a as a person as a as a dad and a husband and, uh, you know, he being from Maryland, he's a fan of a lot of Maryland and D.C. teams, but he also told me he roots for a couple of Georgia teams, being here, living here in the Peach State for 20 years. A fan of the Georgia Swarm and uh, Atlanta Hustle. These are ultimate frisbee teams. So I guess he plays that sport as well. So uh, pretty cool to talk to Brian and looking forward to seeing him at the Peachtree Road Race coming up on the 4th of July. So hopefully uh, you can come out there too and be part of the. Uh, Fifty or 60,000 folks running through the Atlanta area. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, if I'm able to get everything edited and together, right, this episode will come out on the National Day of Prayer, maybe on Thursday night or possibly the next day on Friday. Either way, um, you know, I wanted to talk uh, briefly about prayer Um, In fact, you know, the Lord's Prayer uh, is something I learned back when I was, uh, I think, a freshman in high school, maybe a little earlier than that, uh, as part of a basketball team. I learned it uh, playing basketball, and the coach would have us recite the Lord's Prayer in the locker room, so pretty cool to learn that through sports. And uh, it was interesting, I I saw there are some connections between the Lord's Prayer, traditionally seen as as Christian-based, and um, a connection between that prayer which is uh, essentially about 57 words long. And the Jewish religion, Who we, I talked about that with our guest today, Brian. So it's uh, known uh, by Roman Catholics as the uh, Our Father Prayer, uh, best known as the prayer in Christianity, primarily because it's authorized by Jesus himself in the Bible. It appears in two places in the New Testament. It's the book of Matthew, and it's part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Luke's Gospel. And uh, it's also in... Uh, um, as, as Jesus obliges with the now famous words from the King uh, James version, I'm going to actually recite those for our prayer to to end this podcast episode. But in a, an article I found um, in a, a star uh, the Star newspaper out of Toronto, it talks about a rabbi that says this actually came from a Jewish tradition, almost fa- phrase by phrase. So uh, Jesus, you know, was Jewish. The Interpreter's Bible which is a well-known source uh, for the uh, Christian religion, agrees the Lord's Prayer is thoroughly Jewish. So in Luke's version, Jesus Jesus himself first prays and then teaches the Lord's Prayer. And it sounds like, obviously, it has these Christian themes, forgiveness, helping in time of trial, and uh, addressing God as our Father. Um, But, uh, you know, Jesus essentially condenses and concentrates some important Jewish ethical teachings in this uh, unique manner, through the Lord's Prayer, and then uh, sums it up as the essence of Christian faith. And uh, some experts say the Lord's Prayer is, quote, so wonderfully inclusive that any religious orientation could pray this prayer. But the only glitch, some say, is the, the reference to our Father which is uh, uh, inherently uh, Christian uh, because we see God, the Lord, as our Father and Jesus. So uh, thank you so much again for listening to the Run the Race podcast. I'm going to close uh, in uh, the prayer uh, with uh, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. As well said, it really sums a lot of things up about forgiveness and giving God the glory and and forgiving those who um, sin against us, you know, uh, loving the haters, right? So uh, whether it be in in fitness, faith, life, work, family, whatever, you know, uh, sometimes uh, people are not going to treat you right, but, uh, you know, you can forgive them and, uh, you know, Kill him with kindness, as I say. So uh, thanks again to Brian for, uh, for joining us and uh, looking forward to uh, many races uh, with him. And, and so many of you, hopefully, reach out to me. You can uh, email me at jdennis at wtvm.com. Also write a, a quick uh, um, uh, review, if you can, on Apple Podcasts and keep listening to this on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, WTVM.com slash podcast. We want to keep you listening. Uh, In fact, uh, three of the last five months, we've had about uh, 3,000 listens on uh, several of those months. And so uh, uh, doing well here and uh, and enjoying uh, talking to you about these important things on a regular basis. And uh, next week, we hope to... um, have a a special guest uh, for uh, kind of a Mother's Day edition, Uh, a young woman who is a a mom to a teenager, and she's talking about how she created this organization years ago called WILD about women in the wilderness and doing outdoor stuff. So uh, looking forward to that conversation and uh, as we talk about the uh, the, uh, awesome things about motherhood when it comes to fitness and faith. Y'all have a great one.